had a moment of panic then because the record button didn't work. You got the voice ready? <clears throat> okay. Hi everyone, welcome to Failed Rockstar Club podcast. Podcast that talks about music, mental health and fashion. Ooh yeah. Um, so we're, we didn't do one last week because we were mental busy. We were mental busy. You'll know from listening to the previous ones that we were getting ready for the grand unveiling of our new, improved, extended shop. Yes, it's got an extender. Yep. So it's open. Yeah. We weren't quite ready to open. There were a few little details left to do, but we opened because no. town was so busy. And it's been... Yeah. Well, a ruddy bloody success, we often, isn't it? We often record these right on a Monday evening, and mm. we were just both completely fucking knackered last yeah. Monday and couldn't be asked. Yeah, didn't even talk about it. Just <laughs> yeah. don't bring it up because then we might do it. Yeah. <laughs> not that we don't enjoy doing this, listener. No. We do, but not. You have to be in the right mood. You can't. Yeah. You can't chat shit professionally if you're feeling tired and you don't want to be there. You, know? no. you just want to get home and you have feel a beer. like shit. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't be the prime quality shit chatting that you're, uh, mm. you've grown accustomed to. Yeah. Essex, this, Essex beef. Exactly. This week, ooh. Yeah, we feel a bit more, a bit yeah. more together. It's still, I mean, it's still been busy. We're off the back of a really busy week. And what's, best uh, ever what? week. Oh, yeah, best ever week. Let's boom, not boom, beat boom. around the bush. Pop. That's a party popper. Yep. I'll add a sound effect It's a party popper. Um, uh, and also what's been quite cool is we've met I've met a couple of people this week a few people that listen to the podcast that have been coming in mm. Russians? no there are no <laughs> Russians involved um, a couple of fellas that came in Saturday um, and they knew more about music than me surprise surprise yeah. well, <laughs> and, again yeah. regular listeners would have expected that yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm really sorry I can't remember your names but um, but they knew that we were chatting on Saturday and they knew they were really into like those are cool bands Um Talk about the national and name checking all the songs that I didn't even know. So, yeah, yeah, pretended I did. Oh yeah, that <laughs> of course. One, classic. Of course, he nodded and smiled. Loves Radiohead. Coldplay. Did they say something like, "Oh, what's your favourite track off the album?" And yeah, instead of that one. No, the names. He went, "Oh, the track three. Track three's Ooh. a classic. Little single. Love the single of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good work. Good yeah. bluffing. Bluff my way through. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, um, Weezer. Oh yeah. Yeah, and then I reckon these lads were like well, early twenties. I'm disappointed I didn't get to meet them. Hopefully they'll come again on one of my days. Yeah, so if you're listening, guys, but um, they yeah, like Weezer. I was like, not yeah. you know, not many twenty somethings would probably know. And they they were talking about the albums Pinkerton. Yeah, my favourite. Yeah, but yeah, these you know you wouldn't expect people to no. be name checking this stuff. Well, it's like I always talk about the Blue Album. Yeah, um, they said I think they said he even knew his name. I knew his Rivers, but I couldn't remember what his second name was. Cuomo. Yeah, and they said he's a very harmless songwriter. That's true. He can he can peak big time, but generally he's quite harmless. He writes a nice pop song. Well, if you you know that song "Island in the Sun," yes, off the Green album mm-hmm. by Weezer. I mean, I think he literally yeah, wrote classic. that. He was trying to write write a radio friendly mm. like middle of the road mm. song. He he's just one of the songwriters. He comes so naturally to him. I think he yeah. can just decide to write a pop song yeah. if he wants to. Yeah. Which is a gift. He should yeah. be writing for other people really. He's well he's just a talented man, isn't he, really? He is. You know one of my things is always like talking about the bands that have you know moved on from generation to mm-hmm. generation. Like yeah. and I didn't think Weezer would be one of those. I no. thought Weezer were very much well, stuck this is why in the I was surprised mm. when they even put it up. Yeah. That's good to hear. I well, I can't wait to talk to them. The Nash- oh, I said the national didn't I? Yeah. Do, uh, do come in again, guys. Yeah, come on Saturday. Because I actually know game. stuff about music <laughs> as well. I won't make it up. Yeah. Um, 
so we've had a couple of weeks off, but we've had mm. since we last spoke, um, we've had we've been inundated, literally inundated, with one email <laughs> from a Russian listener. Okay. So I do believe it's probably time that we do our regular feature, um, Russian Question of the Week. (laughs) 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 There you go, there's the highlight of the podcast. It was the same. I can um, put that down now. You can put that away, that's the the only reason we brought the whole keyboard for that one (laughs) moment. Brilliant. Uh, so this this is actually from a Maria. I can't really pronounce it. I think it's Kazizneska. 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 Nishka. Nishka. Maria Kazizneska. She. Yeah, what's she want to know? She said in Russia. Mm-hmm. Mother are, Russia. They usually say Mother Russia. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Mother State of Russia. Uh, in Russia, we are unfairly tainted with doping scandals. <laughs> <laughs> Unfairly. Mm. Mm. Anyway, nice. yeah, she said, if it would improve your podcast, <laughs> would you take the performance in arts in drugs? That's a question very... one. And what is no, your what, opinion? Yeah, and what is your opinion on unfair accusations <clears throat> of Russian sporting <clears throat> achievements? Wow, well, so she got greedy over two questions, yeah. Maria. That's fair enough, Maria. Why so you, you've got our attention? Would you take performance to improve the podcast? Would you oh, take performance enhancing drugs? What drugs are going to improve this? <laughs> I'd say. Would you do this? Imagine doing this podcast on LSD. Mm. I, I don't think that would improve it. Mm. I think ecstasy. <laughs> wow, there's a, again. There's and a other lot, drugs are available there's lo- too. There's a lot of love in the room, anyway. Mm. Co- yeah, not coke because steroids. St- yeah, I think if we were stronger and faster. <laughs> <laughs> and they're bigger willies. I think it would be a better podcast. It gives you small willies, oh, yeah, isn't it? That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm t- I'm found some different drugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I... Well, I've no, you know, neither of us have been very big... In the uh, girth in, department. In the, drug, <laughs> in the drug game or oh, the willy game. drug game. Uh, so I've got to say, and for the reason... We were actually talking about this with a, a colleague on Friday who was also anti-drugs. And we were all talking about how, we, you know, we've tried drugs but we're not really into it i don't like that feeling of being not myself and out mm. of control and you know i don't really listen back to these podcasts but i don't like the idea of listening back to an out of control one an out of control me not because i wouldn't recognize myself i'd be like oh who's that who's that guy oh shit it's me well, i don't sp- like once if you spoke five percent faster just just to get you over mm. the winning line <laughs> well i don't think it shouldn't be competitive mm, podcasting podcast, mm, yeah and with that in mind, I mean, I don't know the details of the Russian doping scandal. I mean, it seems like a cut and dry <laughs> case. Okay, so your opinion on unfair, unfair, and she's said unfair yeah, well, accusations. I think you put, you're putting words in my mouth there, Maria. Yeah. And you know, I, I think it was conclusively proved, and you got a ban. So I, mm-hmm. I don't think if you're saying it was unfair, you're in, you're accusing like the International Se- Olympic Committee Sebco of being a liar. <laughs> Is that what you're going for? Yeah. Our Sir... Is he Sir? Yeah, yeah, sir so. Sebco. Yeah. He wouldn't. He's a good Christian guy. Mm. So, yeah, I'm sorry. But I've got no sympathy for you there. Yeah. Although I, th- I feel like we... Cheats don't prosper, Maria. On the British cycling team, they're involved in a scandal, some aren't they? sort of alleged, alleged activity. Yeah, I don't know on. if that's been proven yet, but, mm. yeah, everyone's at it. Mm. To, to varying levels. Mm. 
if not doing the Lance Armstrong. What about you? I know you're anti anti drug. Yeah. Anti cheating drugs. Uh, yeah. anti, I'm anti cheating. Yeah. And drugs. To yeah. So I believe that there was like, you know, lots of stuff went on, wasn't it? Like it was state sponsored Maria, I'm afraid. <laughs> so it's not Vladimir. Um, yeah, so well, I think that's so that can cute conclusively answers that question. Definitely, as usual with the Russian questions, we're you know, knocking them out of the park. They're always challenging. Yeah, they can um, be. So this episode this week is. See, this, I've got a problem with this this episode name because maybe this is the forty year old in me, right? But I would automatically call it say a front man, mm. and of course in this day and age, it's not a front man; it's a front person. Well, I, I think I would always say front man or front woman. Not, yeah, or front person. All front person, yeah. yeah. I'd give you all the options. Would you? So we can't call it the front man, I don't front think there's woman, a one all-encapsulating term anymore. Because mm. um, the guys at the way I said, just lead singer. But I was like, well, it doesn't... No, because yeah, but that doesn't just... Because a front man, front person... That's different to a lead singer, I think, in a way, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the lead singer is just the singer in the band, but mm. a front person is somebody who is... Taking the... Taking the, the Taking the, the responsibility, yeah, of, of putting on a show, I suppose. Yeah. In my head, that's the connotation of it. That's the. So in this episode, we want to have a chat about your experience, Jez. Yes. As being a front person. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to go through our top five front people yep. of all time, as voted for by each other. Um, and then we were oh, you asked an Instagram question, didn't you, to people about yep. poor front people? Of, yeah, well, who their worst. Worsties from Worsties were, yeah. yeah. So, so we've got a lot to cover. What really? should we do? What, should we, what, do want, what do you want to talk about first? Well, should we talk about my you. my experience? Mm-hmm. Because you know it's a deeply personal experience. Yeah. Being so, my first question person. to you. Oh, okay. You're going to do an interview. Style, I've got right? questions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, is a front person is? Mm. Do you would you say a solo artist is a front person, or is it just someone who's fronting a band? It, to me, it's someone who's fronting a band. Because Correct by the. <laughs> But the very nature of a solo artist, you, you know, you, mm. you're just a solo artist, isn't mm. you? Not, because you're not fronting in the warehouse band. today, we were talking about it, and I was yep. asking the lads, and they, kept, they were saying stuff like, Cher, brilliant. No, then, she's, she's just John, a solo artist. George Michael. No, they're not from... No, I think they started getting, taking a piss. Right, I see. Yeah. Well, that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> kept on saying, um, just solo artist, and I said, well, it's not. A solo no. artist is completely different. A front man or front person... Oh, fucking hell, a fucking front... Person is from bottom. From bottom, a front person is the is fronting a band. Yes, let's 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 make that clear from, yep. from the off, right? I'm with you. So Julian Casablancas, for example, is a front is man, a front man. Yeah. but in his solo career, he's just going solo. Yeah, but he's a front man of the Strokes. Yeah, okay. There you go. Just to clear out anything. So, did you feel pressure? Yes, from being a front man. Lots and lots, and. Uh, we've spoken about this before. How my my journey as a front person, front what well, man? I, you know, I can call myself a front man. I'm, yep, you are. I am a man. Yeah. Uh, so I was the keyboard player in our previous band, and just at the back, tucked away, and in many ways desperate to be noticed, but also petrified of the spotlight. And then. As, again, as we've spoken about, we auditioned singers. Our singer left, and there was a void to be filled. We auditioned a load of people, and they were all, you know, let's not beat around the bush, dog shit. They were not right. Let's <laughs> let's be kind now. No. They weren't right Mark for the Nielsen. role. He would have been great, hmm. but just I think logistically, he hmm. was still in another band, yeah. and it wasn't really. 
tenable. And we, I don't know how. Do you remember how long we were looking? When I look back, it doesn't feel like it was probably that a matter long. of months, probably. Yeah, but I'd say months. Time goes quick, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. When you're that young as well, and it, we were always itching to get back. We had this rehearsal studio, so we wanted to use it. Mm-hmm. And the plan was always to move to London and do the band thing. And I just, I guess, I sat around. I must have. I don't remember my thought process. I remember thinking we had this song, and called You Know Who You Are mm-hmm. well, I don't think it was called it that at the time it was called something different and so I, I was putting it on and I was coming up with a new melody to an old song and thinking could I could I do this, could I do this? and then I just I guess I thought so at some point in your life Jez you've got to get out of your comfort zone and so I did and I said shall I, shall I give it a bash and then I think pretty quickly we wrote like two or three Songs quite good with the current was the first one yeah. that really kind of um, made us think we can do this. Yeah, and I thought I, I suppose I'd written songs before, so I knew I could do that part of it, but I'd never fronted a band. Mm. So that that was actually the bit I found hardest. Like the the songwriting and singing, it always it just comes perfectly naturally to me. Yeah, but yeah, being a front man and being the sort of Having the main man the responsibility of being it's easy to stand behind the guitar and just stand there exactly and to play the guitar and there's do, so much more do to something but being a front man as a oh, front person there's a um, there's a lot more pressure involved in yeah. having, you're, the, you're the focal point of the whole thing yeah, you're the star you striker are, of the football team yeah you are if you're good at it yeah and yeah so that that was the big thing that was worrying me so that's the pressure I felt was building up to that was my journey, and then when I became the frogman. Do you remember the first gig when you had when you were like? Yeah, I remember. I seem to remember it was being. We played one at the White Horse. Because the first could, off, I was standing in the middle, wasn't I? Yeah, we were doing there, dual vocals. Yeah, there was a sort of transitional period where, I guess, it was like a confidence thing. Mm. I, I thought it would be better visually if it was to both of us, and you were doing sort of more kind of shouty, spoken mm. wordy kind of. Sing. I try to hide behind the fact that I just my, I can sing by going. Like, <laughs> yeah, sort of growling. I tried to kind of do that that kind of Cooper Temple claws yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. fake gra- um, gravelly voice that I never really had. I used to get sore yeah. throat. But we had that that song. In fact, you know who you are. Yeah, was like kind of almost like represents that transitional period because I was like doing the verses. No, you were doing the verses, verses and, and I was doing the, chorus. the choruses. Yeah, and it actually. Uh, to be fair, worked pretty well. Mm. We had a few a few songs like that, and I think we did a recording session in mm. that, where yeah. we were sort of both singing. And then I suppose gradually, I don't know if it was you said... I, th- I think it's just because you kept coming with more and more songs, and you had been writing and singing them, and it was quite obvious that you were good at it. And I wasn't. And it was just an obvious kind of decision, decision yeah. to make. Right? You know. But I don't, I don't remember us sitting down and saying, right, well, I'm now the singer. No. Can't remember that. But I get yeah, I guess it it just sort of evolved out of mm. the sort of us both singing, and then it was just me. Mm. But obviously, for the in the first band, I was playing the keyboard as well, and you were standing at the side, yeah, like, and I was in the middle. Yeah. And at some point, it must have been like you can you need to be in the middle now. Yeah, but then I still had the keyboard yeah, for the obviously ages. So yeah. that I suppose I found that easier to deal with than when. It was first when we became New Adventures and then we had a different keyboard player. Mm. And so then it was just me alone mm. with the microphone in the middle. And that was another... So did you know? how did you know what to do when you were <laughs> man? Like, did you have to practice it? Like... Well, I remember being a kid and 
I think I wanted to be the singer in the band, but, and and I remember well, I was maybe like sixteen or seventeen. I was spending all day with like a. I think we, my dad had a microphone stand for something to do with his job. He was a music teacher mm-hmm. at school, and so I had that set up in the living room, and I remember practicing moves, frontman moves, and I think it was just you sort of imitate what you'd seen, what I'd seen the bands that I. That I liked what yeah. they did. Because so, that's basically one of the things. Like, did would you take inspo from your favourite? Yeah, like during that time, I would, there were three or four bands that I would what I was obsessive about, and so I would watch like videos, their videos over and over again. And so I, I was supposed to just doing an approximation of their mm. moves. But then obviously, I wasn't a singer until years later. So I was into different bands. But I guess you're still influenced by you when you watch a singer. You know what yeah. aspects that you like. You I like guess, if you and, like what you see. Yeah. And you try. I suppose you try. Yeah, you try and take bits from because also the people I'm, you admire. As a kind of frontman, you have some people frontmen that are quite animated, and some that are like microphone on, microphone off. Mm. And I know when you used to do it, you were, you were kind of varied, but more often than not, you'd go, your go-to move was take the microphone off. Yeah, so, so that was that a decision, fr- or was that just you just do it naturally? You wouldn't think about again. It. It's at the start. It was leave it on the mic stand, just hold on to the mic stand for dear life, yeah. and just grip onto it and sing. Yeah. Sing with my eyes closed, and that that was all I did. Man, you know, man in a coffin. Yeah, a bit man in a coffin. And you know, maybe you know, you'd move your hands around and you'd sort of twitch a bit. Mm. But it was it was more, more you were just sort of taken in by the music, and you would just do what you. Mm. It would all just come naturally. You do what your body wanted to do, like move to the music, I suppose. But then, I think I was like Danny McNamara had a sort of chat sat us down he's the singer out of embrace and he kind of sat us down and was sort of saying you should just walk on stage take the take the microphone off the stand and then sing sing <laughs> i don't remember what Pretty he said simple. yeah i don't remember <laughs> what he one. said but i start yeah i started then taking them i mean people who go and watch bands probably don't think about like these things about like what yeah like what, what you're gonna do when yeah, you get exactly. it's, it's a it's a weird concept really yeah but then, yeah, then I started feeling more comfortable moving around and twiddling with the you, leads you, I suppose and stuff. you got better and better as you went on because you got you got yeah. used to doing the same thing, going on tour, and you do the same thing most nights, or yeah. you would get used to kind of like a routine. It's a routine, right? Yeah. But it, whenever there was a... <clears throat> I didn't really thrive on the pressure. When If there was a gig, big gig, it wasn't like I then... Certainly when we were younger. Hmm. It wasn't like I then put on an extra performance or anything. Hmm. I actually sort of more retreated into my show. It wasn't until we sort of adulthood, really, the, you know, the comeback gigs, where I really felt comfortable out there. I think it's just that tied in with when it felt like it was our career. Hmm. I felt hmm. under too much pressure and I sort of crumbled. And then when it was just fun, I really enjoyed myself and I was just felt at home up there and it was just. Felt like even if this, you just didn't do it very much. No, it just felt like oh, this is. This is what I do. This is uh, this is what I was meant to do. I'm very comfortable here. One of the things with you is, yeah, you would, you've always said as well, you, you, you've been the best you've, you've been the, mm. since you've been like in your 30s as a frontman, mm-hmm. compared to like when you were actually doing it as a job when you were 20s. But I think that just ties in with just the journey I've been on in life. I, I don't think I was comfortable in my own skin until I was in my 30s, mm. and that's I think it's just a part of that. I was always self conscious and worried what everyone thought too much I suppose in my 20s and felt I don't know like I wasn't worthy of being the singer in a band it's what a lot of the songs were about 
and then it, in my thirties, I you know I, I guess I cared less about what people thought, and I felt more confident in my own ability and my own you know personality and stuff, and so I was comfortable. And if yeah, if we played a gig tomorrow, I yeah depends what if we hadn't rehearsed, I'd be nervous. But yeah. <laughs> you know, if we'd rehearsed and we were ready, really? I'd, you know, I'd be I'd feel like. And do you I'm do back. you practice like would you like? Do you think other front? Do you think generally frontmen practice what they're going to say between gigs, or do you think they just it comes naturally to them? Or you used to practice, right? Mm. What you're going to say, or no, not really. In fact, I always. So when we went on tour with Electric Six, and he did literally the same moves every single night, yep. in the same order, yep. said the same things between the songs. I never wanted to be like that. I always wanted it to be. There'd be times where there was certain. If I said something between songs that got a laugh then I might then remember it remember it and say like if it was specific to a song mm. so I could say oh this song's about this and it would get get a laugh mm. I might say that again but I try and be like spontaneous with it so I don't like that idea of no. like when you see behind the curtain and see that bands especially bigger bands like just it's all scripted every, every ad lib is scripted a friend of ours Ross he Forrest he said he went to see Rolling Stones twice into Git Nights and some, there was some guy in the front row of a banana it's obviously staged because he made some joke about it and mm. everyone laughed and then the second night he made the exact same joke about the same man with a banana. Yeah. And it loses its magic. It kinda like he kinda realised that the whole thing had been staged for the performance. Yeah. When you think, Oh, he's just said it made a really witty comment mm. there, Ooh. Yeah. But it was all completely planned. I yeah. don't like that idea. No. But I understand. But then, I understand um, why it happens. Then how many musicians do that, or how many acts? Are yeah. Kind of, or is it being fed into their earpieces, like what you meant to say, or yeah. say this, or I don't know whether it's like a producer, like like big gigs, whether it's a producer into your ears, yeah, saying, I don't know. like you get on like live TV. Don't Qu- forget to say quite this. Possibly. Well, a lot of it they're not playing live as well. It's you know, hmm. some of it's they're miming too, aren't they? Yeah. Apparently. So what's the what's the best bit about being a frontman? Mm. From your point of view, because the only point of view I've got. <laughs> well, weren't you the front man in suburbia? No, you uh, David Payne. Oh, David Payne was the front man. Okay. Uh, well, when it goes well, yeah, you, yeah, it's the best feeling in the world. It's like you feel, it's just the feeling you get back when the you're getting something back from a crowd. Like you feel like you're walking on. You're walking on air, I guess. It's like like an out-of-body experience. It's just as as happy as you've ever felt. Like, if you get bit, people yeah. singing along the words back to you, or, you know... <clears throat> you know, you, you can get, see how it's probably addictive, like oh, big bands, yeah, right? Yeah. If you you tell a crowd to do <laughs> to do something, and they do it, like, a, imagine playing Glastonbury, and you get everyone put their hands in there, and mm. 100,000 people... Yeah. Do it. Yeah. I suppose that's a, like a kind of power, well, that time power trip. When Blur played and like they all started singing back tender or something. Yeah, yeah. Those just ma- like mm. imagine how that feels. Mm. Like well, we've only we've only had it on a small level, but those few moments where you do feel like you've made a connection you've got with them. the crowd. Yeah. With some yeah, if you like the same thing like if you're a stand up comedian, like if you find make, between songs make a little joke and the whole crowd laughs, it's like wow. Mm. It's almost like it's like that football analogy again it's like the pressure of the, for the striker to score goals and when you score goals it's the best feeling in the world but yeah. when it's not working out 
you're the one who's... It's your, it's your responsibility yeah. and you feel the burden because yeah. you know that you're the one that's got to be kind of doing that. That's it. If the gig, and that's why you get paid the big money. If the gig went badly, it's, it's probably defined by... Yeah, it's hard to if you feel it going. If you feel it kind of pulling away from you, yeah. Especially when you play those sort of like cynical London gigs sometimes, yeah. and you're like, it must be really. You gotta have such strength of character to um, get through that. Get like, through that, and that's why it's it's actually easier for bad like actual rock bands to kind of put a, put a, yeah. do a gig, and because you've kind of already you've already won because they're there to see you already. Exactly. If they've paid to see you, they know the songs. You, you're like fans, but it's, like, it's harder for like these younger bands to kind of do it because you're playing to these cynical audiences. Yeah. Because I always find, you know, like you see like some like young band, you know, there's not many people there to see them, and they're going, everyone sing along with me to the chorus. <laughs> yeah. You're like, cringy, like you're kind of cringing yeah. a bit. Well, that's it. The difference is, is when no one knows these songs. When you're yeah. trying to win over a crowd of people who've never heard you yeah. before, or maybe I've seen you once. They don't know the songs. Yeah. They haven't listened to you. So you've, you've, all you've got is that performance. Yeah. Like, the so- either the song has got to be so good that on one listen you're like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Or the performance has got to yeah. be so good they, they want to go and listen they, to the music. They just want to see the energy. <laughs> yeah. Because G, G Cringeot, that's got... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, do you, do you um, cringe off when... Um, when you see bands like in smaller gigs, kind of like doing the whole like clap, clap your hands in the air. I say, "Whoa!" You say, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah, I do. Because you're yeah, like, I oh, don't. you haven't you haven't earned the right to do that." No, I think that's something that's you have to reserve until you've got yeah, fans, basically. Until people have paid money to be there, I don't think you should do. It. But you know, I've, sometimes it works. Mm. You see, people if they're persuasive enough. Yeah. And it's like strength of character, right, for some yeah. front men to... Have you got the balls to just try and get <clears throat> a bunch of people you don't know to do what you say? A bit random, but someone like Razorlight, right, who, mm. you can imagine, from from the get-go, Johnny Burrell was giving it the absolute large Well, voice. yeah, he was just naturally... He's one of those sort of born front men, isn't he? He's just mm. got that confidence, unshakable yeah. confidence in himself. Yeah. Which, yeah, I never had. Yeah. But then... Yeah, I mean... But then it almost goes the other way, because it was so intense. <laughs> yeah, well... And a lot of people disliked him because of that, mm. you know. And he had to deal with a lot of probably abuse in the street, I'd imagine. Mm. <laughs> Borrow you wanker. <laughs> well, even when it wasn't, when they hadn't made you it, you bad shit, mate. Even when they hadn't like made it at the beginning of it, because you imagine before they kind of got super famous, they must have like, been playing a few shows. Here yeah, and there. Like, like was he doing it to like five people in probably? Like, and yeah, that and kind he, of I imagine he rubbed up a lot of support bands and bands they played with at the, you know, when they were at the coming up stage. He'd yeah. Have, He'd have wound people up the wrong way, because yeah, he'd have been. Beha- I imagine he'd have been behaving like yeah. Peak Burrell. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm not all in white not. headline Glastonbury Burrell. But I don't, I don't remember them being like that in the beginning of it. They were not, you know. But they, they led a cool look, obviously. But it's, I've never saw him early doors, so mm. I'm not quite sure. But I think he was always known as like the mouth. He always had a yeah, God. an outrageous quote. Yeah. Um, he was just that from the Liam Gallagher school of yeah. front manning, I guess. I suppose on the other side of the coin, what do you think is the hardest bit about being? Well, it's that it's that if you're not in the right mood, if you're not having a a good day, you're still still on you. Yeah. Still on you to be the one who's got to put on a show. Yeah. We should get you a podcast some point about Kona talking about running the music business. We'll do that. We're opening the month. Do it before that. Yeah, 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 yeah sweet. Month. Do it two guys yeah. weekly, monthly. Weekly, every week. 
cool. Book us in. Yeah. Um, week before 17. Yeah, it'd be cool, wouldn't it? Talk we'll about why, why it's like on a music venue. Oh, guys, that'd be awesome. I've left a couple of bits here, but I'll come sort of all out in the morning. No, you just leave it. You leave it on YouTube. It should be done tomorrow. So, anyway. It's like Ray Day content right now. <laughs> yeah. Steve's not going to edit this out. We're just having a conversation with a future guest. Yeah. <laughs> guys, thank you. Oh, You're awesome. Anytime, man. You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Elf Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Peace out, mother crushers. So that's one of the co-owners uh, of Coda, the music venue. He's going to be on the podcast. <laughs> I was actually very thinking of asking him when he was there to ask him what, what he thought about from his point of view. But mm. we can ask him when he's on the podcast. Well, there you go. We'll reference back to this moment when yeah. he was in this podcast. Yeah. yeah, Steve won't edit that out, so hope you enjoyed that little section there. <laughs> little slice of life here in Besties. Um, okay, so you, we've kind of touched on this, but before we move on, um, mm. did you think your performances changed over the years then? Well, yeah. To be on the music or. Yeah. I guess because as, as my confidence grew, I suppose I, I worked a stage better and worked an audience better, I, get, I like to think. Do you feel different with like when you had long hair chairs or short <coughs> hair chairs? Like, would you change the way you were because of that, look, mm, your, the way you were dressing? I don't, I don't think so. I think so because like, I used to wear contact lenses instead of glasses and by the end I was, I was just happy glasses. with the glasses. I, was yeah. just, I guess I was just being more... I wasn't... Being more myself and not trying to be a character. Be a and do you think like there's some? Do you think front men are often like you create that character of yourself? Yeah, it's it's yeah. You put on a mask, I guess, and I kind of had to. I'd like to put on makeup or whatever and just feel like I wasn't me. But I guess that's because I wasn't comfortable being me. And that's all ties into that. Yeah. It was just that self-esteem issue that I that I had, and so I was kind of hiding behind. Which is mad when you think you're trying to be a musician, right? And yeah, trying to make be famous and. Imagine what you put yourself through if it actually happened and to be knocked down, Good. probably already nervous about what you were doing and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And you know, you see it already when you put yourself out there, like you were there to be shot down. Totally. I, I mean, I wasn't ready for it. If we if we had a cracked it that first sort of that first wave when it looked like we might, mm. I, 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 I think there's a lot of bands in the same. Which is probably yeah. where booze and drugs come in quite a lot, of like course. the pressure and. Where there's a lot of like little mini breakdowns and mental health issues because it's, you're not you're young and you're not ready for your unless brain, your unless not, you're really fucking strong of mind and yeah, you're really mature. Yeah, then I don't I don't see how you can cope with it. Like yeah. being told by half the people you're the most amazing thing in the world, so your ego probably goes out of control, and then the other half of people are telling you you fucking dog shit in the street and they yeah. hate you. Yeah, like what? How do you deal with that? Yeah. We should get someone on the podcast who can, you can, <laughs> who can tell us. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, we we both have made our top five front people of all time. Yep. To be honest, mine's probably not strictly strictly <laughs> speaking my top five. I've been honest on this, but I want to have a nice balanced list. Me too. I've gone for a mixture. Because if I was honest, I'd just have Piggy from Keen, <laughs> Mick Hucknall, <laughs> Hucknall, Chaplin, <laughs> Martin. Yeah. I've gone for a mixture of uh, sort of. They all bring something a bit different yeah. to the uh, okay the front running. So um, we'll go number five. Okay, you go first. Who's your number mm, five? I've gone for Guy Garvey Shit. of Elbow. Oh, I had Have him. Got... I took him off. Oh, okay. Because he you don't like his voice really either. No, but why I included him is because he's that particular style of frontman that I like, who's a sort of raconteur mm-hmm. and bon vivant. <laughs> like he's a sort of he tells anecdotes in between the songs. He's really warm and he yep. if. It, he comes across as just a really top yeah. bloke. And he looks really... Uh, I was so close to having him and I just took him out right at the last minute yeah. to squeeze someone he's, else He's in. got that everyman quality yeah. and he... He's, he, puts, seems at, on, he doesn't seem like he's trying to be overly performing. No. He seems quite at ease on stage. Really comfortable. Just that chatty style, I really yeah. like it. Yeah, I'm not the biggest elbow fan, but... Yeah, you I just you're think not a massive a, fan of his voice, are you? No, it's too gravelly for my mm. personal taste. Northern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> northern no it's not the northern factor no. I, I tell you when I saw him at the Millennium Dome wherever it's called now yeah um, he he did this thing and he said uh, everyone that's um, in block fucking D give us a give us a scream and a wave you know it was like, he went everyone in row X give us a wave in block, block D and, was, yeah. and he went and people in seats 14 and 15 give us a wave and so two people right at the back row and he's looked up at them right back and said, you two are the furthest away from the stage. And so I want to make sure this song's for you so you feel included. And I thought, oh, what a touch. Like the whole, you know, I mean, massive... He, probably, he like does that. that every night, but probably. still. Yeah. That is, that is, I mean, that's what yeah, it's all to about. To make the effort to kind of to include, to make people feel that even if you're furthest away, you'll feel included that's in the, the gig. That's the key to a good, st- like, big show. Yeah. Like, is if, even if you're up the back, you still feel... Included. Like you're being... You're part of it. Sung to, yeah. Yeah. That's that's nice. Well, there you go. That's why yeah. that's why he's in. Yeah. Who who got bumped for him? Uh, well, I t- well, who did he get bumped for? T- uh, just make it up. Well, no. <laughs> well, who's he number five? Uh, yeah, wait. Well, Jarvis uh, Cocker. <laughs> oh, okay. Good choice. Good yeah. choice. Because I well I well, we saw him at Reading Festival, didn't we? Mm. And he had the whole crowd in the palm of his hands yeah. and he has always been this kind of really iconic look and as a front man he's been able he's just I think he's brilliant at what he does he's very of a time yeah that's a great choice um, and you know I, I do I like Pulp but I don't love Pulp but I think he's well, brilliant at what he does yeah, yeah. And he's a he's a he's a microphone off stand in your hand kind of guy, and yeah. being able to use the stage and feeling the ease and kind of quirky and Richard E. Grant esque. What's good of, about Cocker is he can do an impression like he's got his own moves. Yeah, it's very easy to do an impression of because yeah. he's so distinctive. Yeah, and he's dancing. That's and, quite rare, and he's quite Mick Jagger esque, I guess, because he's got well, the same got sort, he's got the kind of same sort of frame, isn't very, he? Very skinny, wiry frame. Yeah, like but shakes his gangly as well. Yeah. No, good choice, good choice. Mm. So that's my number five, Jarvis Cocker. Okay, I've got uh, Damon Albarn from a Britpop tip. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's, he again, he's a sort of showman, mm-hmm. but very handsome. Like, I like my front people to, you know, they should, for me, they should be the best looking. I know I wasn't in our band, we don't need to talk about that. But 
it should be the best, like the classically best looking. Yeah. They're not always your favourite. Yeah. But they should be. It goes with it, doesn't it? Yeah. Just, you know, he was always a ball of energy, like pogoing and jumping into the crowd and putting on a real show, but at the same time still, you know... Being able to hold the tune and still yeah, keep still it going. Yeah, still singing. And he felt like the leader. Yeah. And Songwriter. Yeah. Yeah, he was brilliant. Just, and he's really just good. kind of the classic, again, classic frontman. Yeah. And even now, when you see him now at 50, he's still got that yeah. kind of energy going on yeah. and he's still able to kind of do... Yeah, he's still, you know, he's still the man he was when he was like yeah. in his 20s and 30s doing it. I love that about him. Like that, just he'd always do like a jump across the barrier into the yeah. into the crowd, and there's no other way, and just yeah. get in amongst them. Yeah. Got a little touch but of him at V97 because I was the front. Versa, he'd be able to do the slow epic ones, and yeah, he was yeah. he was a and also he, he he was also able to kind of play the piano or something, yeah, or play yeah. the guitar every now and then. Yeah. But yeah, he, he he could do the rocky one well, and he could do the kind of the kind of slow epic performance as well. Yeah. He had it. Yeah. He he as, as a frontman. Yeah. yeah. What was it like in Gorillas? I haven't seen that much Gorillas no. live footage. I think because they're he feels like he's different when he's when he's doing his solo yeah. stuff, and he's not. He's a bit more chill. Because Gorillas as... is the like it's the animated people of the band, in, mm. you know, in inverted yeah. commas. So I don't think he like performs as much because it's all about no. the projections yeah. and stuff, isn't it? So it's almost like he turns that on for Blur. Like he yeah. knows he's in Blur mode yeah. compared to like his solo stuff. But if more... you watch some of the old, actually, <laughs> me and Matt were watching a like in 1993. Blur video, like so. The, I think Modern Life had come out, and Part Life was about to come out because they play Part Life, but yeah, that's the only one off Part Life that they sing. And <laughs> he's in between songs, and he it's in Germany, and he goes, "Oh, there's a lot of fit girls here. Quality, quality." Oh. <laughs> that was a bit cringe, yeah. but he's like pogoing and just bantering away in between songs, and just yeah. it's just it reminds me of why I fell well, in love with drinking as well, wouldn't he? Oh yeah, he, he, yeah, seemed like he was half cut. Yeah. You see that early star shaped video when he's like yeah. jumping up the fucking things and yeah, and the, all the rigging falls and on a lot his of these like I don't know he's probably doing taking off a lot of other bands, but like, you see bands now trying to do that sort of stuff as well, and it's like you kind of like well, it's kind of a rock and roll cliche, isn't yeah. it? But so the good frontmen do the rock and roll cliches and don't yeah. it doesn't seem like a cliche. Yeah. It seems cool. Yeah, I've yeah. gone for. Who's that man with a beautiful voice? It's Annie Lennox. <laughs> Annie Lennox. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you were such a fan of Lennox. Uh, yeah. Well, I, what I liked, what I, why I've included her is mm-hmm. because she has. Because you wanted of, to do that partridge quote. Yeah, yeah. But also, but when she, she was of a time where she was like really kind of, it was really forward thinking in her. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Okay. And you know, we, we're talking about the eighties where it was just unexpected and. Like, you know, she was really striking and kind of powerful and strong and like the hair and yeah, great she voice. Had, yeah, and a beautiful wicked voice, really powerful voice. Yeah. And there's only two of them as well to be able to hold that kind of like stage thing going as well. And I just thought that it was someone that needed to be included as someone that was like really yeah. super kind of iconic. Yeah. That look as well. Yeah, she's just sort of a magnetic presence, isn't she? Yeah. Like you basically when you see your rhythmics in any foot, you don't look at yeah, well, Dave Stewart. Dave do you? Stewart, yeah. In fact, like yeah, I, I don't think I'd recognise Dave Stewart if he walked past. But no. he was, you know, yeah. And it's like, and I was trying to think of like some girls that are like lead singers of bands, and I'm struggling to think of anyone that probably because my music taste these days. But like modern day stuff as well. It's like I was like Kills, and I was like Beach House, and a few, but nothing really kind of jumped at me as being like Wolf Alice. And I was like, it's like really kind of like. Like really hit me around the head with it. Well, do you want to hear what my choice is? So yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, okay. 
It's only Karen O of the AAS. Oh, I was close to putting her in. She, for front women, yeah. is is the number one for me. She's just everything you want. Like, iconic looks, amazing clothes, like, just energy, yeah. makeup running down. She had down a look, her. didn't she, where just a like, really so strong... many people started copying yeah, that look, yeah, didn't yeah. they? In our day, because yeah. they they kind of hit around the time mm. like two thousand three, two thousand four yeah. when they were massive. Then, I mean, great band in general, but I just think she without her, yeah, they wouldn't have been noticed. She's no. just just magnetic. No, I agree. That was a really close to putting her in mm. as well. But she created a whole generation of well, like the style outfit that really kind of hit the, the streets. Yeah. Like the kind of indie girls and stuff, who really started dressing like yeah. her, didn't they? And that stro- it was around that sort of time of the Strokes as yeah. well. And like, yeah, she was brilliant. Um, okay, number three, I've gone Brandon Flowers. Ooh, see, I'm, yeah, I'm not keen on flowers. Yeah, but if you ever saw his the most recent Glastonbury performance, it was like pretty epic, I thought. Yeah, and I loved like I think he's like always well turned out. Like he's got he's not into this kind of like indie boy jeans leather jacket thing is always pretty much from the off he's always had a kind of pretty crisp suit going on and I don't know something about him for me that's kind of like a really cool kind of like look and as they got bigger the band he's kind of like carried them through because I mean, they haven't got many other band members of the band that are doing much really and you know and he plays a keyboard when he wants to as well and yeah I don't know what it, I can't put my finger on what I don't like about Flowers and he's, he's pretty I much looked the same he's never gone for the long hair thing really he's always yeah. even from those early well, days he's always been really kind of Sharp, chiseled. Yeah, chiseled he's a very handsome suit. man. And it's like twenty years later, and he's still looking good. Oh, he looks good. Yeah, I watched. Uh, it was one of those song exploders on uh, Netflix about <laughs> when we were young. That yeah. song it was really interesting. But yeah, he just as a performer, he never really did it for me. I don't. I don't know what it is. I, I need to see someone about that. Mm. I can't put my finger. I think I don't know if it's the, the hands. something about his moves yeah. didn't do it for me. But there you go, each each to their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it me again? Yep. Uh, you said you're, you're number two. Number two, yeah, Mr. Freddie Mercury. Oh. <laughs> he, I mean, he's the the ultimate showman. He mm. like for just pure. I think when if you say frontman, he's the first person I would think of. I guess. Mm. I think if you ask Joe public on the street mm. for frontman, iconic look, moves he... just. Is the first person that everyone in the warehouse said? Yeah, well, I figured. Like, even even Matt, Matt, he, I wouldn't have thought he went here. Because yeah, I know, I know he wouldn't be everybody's. They're not everyone's first choice band. They're not mm-hmm. everyone's first choice songs. But for frontmen, he, he just, you just can't take your eyes off him. He's just a muscular performer. <laughs> yeah, I saw him. He had a champion vest on. <laughs> Did he spell out? Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. When he was going yeah, for that, like, the little vest and the white, um, yeah, 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 tight <clears throat> jeans and the uh, yeah champion vest and the leather, leather jacket. But if you close your eyes, is he wearing the yellow, the little yellow jacket? Uh, the way I saw he was just wearing a champion vest, but he was mm-hmm. warming up backstage, going, <laughs> all that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, you, I agree because you you'll see. Yeah, right, yeah. okay. Uh, you bowed down to public pressure. But in a two, in number in number, number two, I've gone for Deborah Harry. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I've kind of grown up with my dad loving Blondie and I just thought that she had to kind of go in there for like especially in the early days like this kind of again style icon powerful kind of woman in those early days as well like strong leader of the band mm-hmm. and super hot yeah. 
She's the like sassy, sexy, and like wicked songs as well. And I just thought that she deserved to kind of go in there as a front person. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, he told me, and I believe him at the time, that their song Rapture, mm-hmm. they were the first band to ever rap <laughs> in the world. Wow. Yeah. But at the time, I believed him, but I don't think he was going to take the piss out of me. I think he just made a mistake. <laughs> He just had the words rapture, rap, yeah. innit? He says, eat your head, eat your head, eating cars and then chewing bars, all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, he tried to... He, he, yeah, I don't think he's even trying to convince me. I think he just believed it himself that right, they were the okay. first ever rap band. OK. Well, that's official. Yeah. But I suspect very much that the song Rapture was based on old rap songs. OK. You heard it first. Well, my number one uh, is Michael Stipe of R.E.M. Oh. And he's he's just genuinely... If I think about it, if if you said what's your, who's your favourite frontman, hmm. I think that's that's my honest answer because that's who I when you know earlier when I was talking about watching people and taking influences from them, he hmm. was the one I I had two of their concert films on VHS mm-hmm. and I just watched them over and over again and he, I don't know he just he had that mixture of it wasn't like a cliched rock moves it wasn't like a Bono but he was a very you know he was a very kind of he had moves, but they weren't like anything else I'd seen before. They weren't like the cliched moves. He see like they seem mysterious. You're like, oh, what's he? What's he doing there? What? Why has he made that kind of shape? Yeah. What you know? Yeah. It's just, and he you know he'd say things between songs, but not much. He m- remained quite enigmatic and mysterious, and just for me, he was everything a front, master. a front man should be. Yeah. Enigmatic, good mover, and good voice. Yeah. The big three. Powerful. Mm. I've got Freddie Mercury at number one. Mm-hmm. Basically the same reason you had, because the second that everyone said Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury, Freddie Mercury, and it's like, well, fair enough. Can't, can't, can't argue with it. it, yeah. If I'm being perfectly honest, I probably would have had in there Woody Womble. <laughs> of course. As honourable mention. The very he, he deserves a mensch, because, because he's, super he's cool. a personal favourite one, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, because he was just super cool and super kind of like... And he didn't. He doesn't do a lot, particularly. Not anymore. He used to when he was younger, but now yeah. he's like... But it's just this presence he's got on stage, isn't it? Which is like oozes cool and kind of like calmness. Well, I'm reading. I'm reading his book at the moment. He talks about that. He talks about how he was a very shy, shy, introverted person and didn't really want to. Doesn't like talking about himself. And but he was saying on stage, he just he didn't fit. That's not how he felt. He felt he could be. He felt free, and he felt like he could mm. just. He just wanted to translate how he felt about the music and mm. into his performance and he's like one of the only people I know that isn't always trying to take the limelight like mm. you know often when they've got a big guitar solo he'll stand at the back but you can still see him but he'll like yeah. he's like just lets them like uh, lets the music kind of do yeah. the speaking without him having to let be them, the let the rest of the band have their time to shine that yeah. that's yeah which is nice, nice for a, nice for a front man it's not always like not always about me yeah Rather than doing the thing, you know, one of my pet hates is when the singer does all introducing the band and they will take it in turns to do a little oh solo. Oh, God. Absolute I hate that. Cringe. You don't need to do that. Just stand back and let the band yeah. shine and yeah. kind of... Yeah. Without... You don't have to do a solo to shine, OK, mm. people? Oh, well, also, honourable mention, Lim Gallagher. I know yeah. he's not everyone's cup of tea, but... Well, he got a few... He got a few Kane worst, disses, didn't worsties. he? Worsties. I think he's just one of these people, Rob's... <coughs> there'll be as many people that love him as a frontman that hate him. <coughs> Mm. Morrissey got a lot of uh, yeah. mentions when we put this out on Instagram. He's quite iconic. Yeah, I think that's more with the, the Gladio. Yeah, I think it's that. more for things people just don't like Morrissey yeah. rather than his skills as a frontman. No. Uh, Van McCann from 
Catfish and the Bottle Man. Oh, I don't know who that is. He, you know Catfish and the Bottle Man. I know them, yeah, I wouldn't have known who Van McCann yeah, is. He, well, okay, he's... But he just represents, again, a cliche of a... Is he, like, meat and, meat and potatoes, just dead ordinary Alan. What about um, Richard Ashcroft? Yeah, like Ashcroft, because he's got the sort of he's mystery, isn't he? Yeah, he's got the enigmatic thing. Mm. You don't know what... You, you don't think, oh, I'd want to go out for a drink with him, because he's like... If he's like he's got a bit of an edge, yeah, I'd be scared. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to yeah. do that. Um, but again, he magnetic. You you know, you sort of can't help but watch him. Man, beautiful voice. He's a performer. Yeah. Mm. Who else? Anyone else? who got caning on the um on the on the Instagram. Uh, there was that heavy metal guy that always comes up. Oh, someone else who Matt mentioned who I wouldn't be able to know about. The it's Corey something from um, Slipknot. Slipknot. He got, he got mentioned the other day, but he Matt said he's very enigmatic. Well, he hides behind a mask. Hmm. Uh, we got Morrissey, Morrissey, Van McCann, Morrissey, John Lennon. Would you call he's a front man? Because they're, like they're like a front they're three. Jo- yeah, <laughs> playing a front three. They're playing yeah. a front three, the Beatles. With Ringo in behind. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's, not, he's not like that. I don't think he might be. doesn't matter if he is. <laughs> Ringo, let's go out for a drink. That's it, no, no, I'll just go home to my wife. Yeah. Uh, Matty Healy gives me eeks. Yeah, I can imagine Matty, Matty Healy from I thought the 1979 we'd get a, gets Yeah, there. I thought we'd get a lot of him. I think it's his hair. His hair cut mm. rubs people up the wrong way. He does all his... his Alex his... Turner. A few people said Alex Turner. Mm. Well, actually, so when, I saw, when I saw Arctic Monkeys, he pissed me off. Because he was more interested in combing his hair back with his brilliant oh, than he was. Yeah, he, yeah. he barely said a word to the crowd. There's a fuck a lot. Of well, he cha- he changed once he went Elvis. Yeah, I think he changed personality, didn't he? And uh, he pissed me off that he didn't even bother to say hardly say a word. He just went, "This one's didn't know what to do on the dance floor." Yeah. That's basically all he said the whole gig. Yeah, I'm not having that. That's just rude. Mm. But he also plays a guitar a lot, and I think it's hard when you're a front person. If you're stuck behind a guitar the whole time, mm, that's true. Well, then write some songs where you don't have to get another the guitarist. Kurt Cobain, a session do you think guitarist. Kurt Cobain was a yeah. good cut front person? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah he should have got a match. Matt Bellamy got a diss. Mm. Weasel faced arse, probably. And somebody said, "Can you be a front man slash woman, Holly, without being a bit of a dick?" Mm. To which I said, "That's a bit harsh." I'm, you know, full well. Mm. But I was a front man. But she said there were exceptions. Mm. Yeah, well, that's, I, I get what she's saying because you have to be a certain type of person. It's to the cockiness. Do it. you s- yeah. But I think they assume, because a lot of them are probably putting on a, that sort of persona that we're talking mm. about, yeah. they're probably, it's all front, and mm. they're actually probably very it's, shy or have a self esteem issues. A, a back man. <laughs> there you go. It'd be Batman. Yeah. Right. Okay, so you want to so, do JD's yeah, copy? Well, yeah, I haven't done. J- I assume these are the answers to the last ones. What's it called again, the quiz? Uh, JD's. JD's, KP's, RB's. RB's. Yeah, yeah. Kid it. So I think the last one... Dance floor. Move on the dance floor. Move on the dance floor. Move on the dance floor. Dance floor. Move on the dance floor. Move on the dance floor. Move on the dance floor. We did... Was... Right, these two. So I'll give you the answers. If you've been waiting for <laughs> about a month for these, we've got Champion on drums, Sugar on bass, Black Beauty on guitar, Red Rum on vocals. That, of course, was Band, Band of Horses. Horses. 
Yeah. Very clever. Yeah, thanks very much. And then the crafty Cockney carried on with the applause after everyone else had stopped. Eric, Eric clapped, clapped on. on. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, that so, sounds like ages ago. Now. Yeah, I know. I think that was the last one that we did. So this week's, and I'll put these out on Instagram tomorrow. Number one, your labia appears to be on fire. Uh, I'm not giving you the... Uh, Remember, this is an artist or a band. I'm not giving you the initials anymore because people will find it too easy. Your labia appears... Or labia? Do you say labia or labia? Even I'm not really what an, ex- is it? an expert on that. What is a labia? Well, <laughs> I can't give it away. Oh. But they'll know. They've got more experience than you. <laughs> and number two, so it's an artist or a band. that Your labia appears to be on fire. And number two... The money I keep for sheaths. Sheaths. There you go. Couple of uh, an artist or a band. The pocket coins. (laughs) Coins. Coins. So, uh, Twitter, DM us on Twitter or uh, Instagram or email us at info at bestdaysvintage.co.uk with your answers and you get a shout out on the next podcast mm. i'll put my on our insta stories okay. where you know with that little question box and you can just do it that way it's a lot easier mm. okay so to finish the podcast yeah we uh, traditionally we have a, a feature and we like to call this oh don't lyrics sound weird when you read them out <laughs> wow you went for a big one there yeah okay so, so this week it's we built this city by Starship. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we built this city. We built this city on rock oh. and roll. Mm. Say you don't know me or recognise my face. Say you don't care who goes to that kind of place. Knee deep in the hoopla, sinking in your fight. Too many runaways eating up the night. Marconi plays the mamba. Listen. To the radio. Don't you remember? We built this city. We built the city on rock and roll. Someone's always playing corporation games. Who cares? They're always changing corporation names. We just want to dance here. Someone stole the stage. They call us irresponsible. Write us off the page. It's just another Sunday in a tired old street. Police have got the chokehold. Oh, then we just lost the beat. Who counts the money underneath the bar? Who rides the wrecking ball into our guitars? Don't tell us you need us, because we're the ship of fools. Looking for America, coming through your schools. I wouldn't say fools. (laughs) It would have been better. Oh, what a shame. I really thought you were going to say, coming through your balls. We missed a trick there. Mm. There you go. That's very moving poetry Mm. from Starship. Well, we all know that one. I bet most people don't know the lyrics apart from "We built this city on rock yeah, exactly. and That's roll." There's so much in there. Yeah. People also ask, "What city are they talking about?" In "We built this city," <laughs> and yeah. under that, "Is we built this city the worst song?" That's what people get Google. Yeah. Hull. It's Hull City. <laughs> yes. Hull City. Of course it is. Yeah. Mm. So it's Hull, I reckon. <laughs> That's the worst city. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Well. <laughs> Sorry, anyone from Hull. Thank you very much for listening to the Failed Rockstar Club podcast. Oh, that's a podcast. Actually, funny enough, I had an email. Oh, yeah. 
actually an email. And so I'm going to find it. Hey, we're big fans of Failed Rockstar Club. Mm-hmm. We're a rock band called Spirit Machines, and we're getting a lot of attention and notoriety for doing different things. Oh, yeah. What sort of different things? A mashup of Tool and Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. We've grown ten times more in a pandemic than we did before. Pepper Rose is an MIT graduate. I mean, I imagine they don't listen to this podcast, so I, oh, right, don't, okay. I, I, I think they're scattered on in because oh, they're just sending it. Into they knew anything about this podcast, they wouldn't be emailing us. Okay, <laughs> okay. Still, oh, and much more. Oh, we, you don't in, know that. Why, instead of focusing on streaming, Spotify, TikTok, and other new music mediums, we're pioneering new ways by selling CDs. <laughs> That's radical. Mike spent 10 years travelling the world learning to be a market and business strategy, so maybe Mike's <laughs> in charge of this. Oh, okay. This is part of his strategy. Um, Sergio, the bassist, spent eight months on the island of Java. Well, they're well travelled. What are they called? Frank the Fox. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, again, we love your style at Failed Rockstar Club, and we're reaching out because we feel we would be a great fit. I think they're American. That's a phone oh. number. Oh yeah. Well, they want to come on the podcast. So, if you're listen- if you're a big fan of the podcast, guys, um, Spirit Machines, yeah, get in contact. Message and- us to tell us you've heard this, yeah, <laughs> and then we can talk. Yeah. But I mean, let's give them a shout out, Spirit Machines. Yeah. Metal at spiritmachinesband.com Oh, metal. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not you know Pepper oh, Rose. I'm gonna- it's- I'm gonna <laughs> oh, female singer. I reckon Pepper must be. You would assume so, but there's no guarantees. MIT graduate, organic chemist by day, rock star by night. Wow. She's president president of the University of Utah. Jeez. Bringing meaning back to music with poetic literary lyrics. What's like Starship? You don't often. It's weird to get an email like. How did they find us? Big in (laughs) Russia. Big in Utah? Yeah. Well, it sounds like. Bloody hell, big in Utah! Okay, we'll go. Everyone, go and listen to Spirit Machines hmm. right now. Yep. I'm going to go and look them up. I'm assuming they're on Spotify. Oh, they've had attention and notoriety for doing things different. <laughs> yep. <laughs> getting some right now. Oh, getting some CDs burned. <laughs> so, thank you, Arts. Listening to Fair Rockstar Club. <laughs> so funny. It's different now. Yeah. People just go on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're doing things different. Good for them. Uh, oh, welcome. Oh, God. Yeah, so see you around. <laughs> bye bye